0: Welcome to The Old Goal of Truth. I'm Bryce and I'm Alex. This show is all about exploring self-improvement through philosophy. This season we are studying The Last Days of Socrates by Plato. Since this is the season opener, we are just skimming the surface of the book. Deep dives will be taken section by section
1: each week of the season. So if you'd like to study and learn along with us, you can join the discussion on Reddit. That's r slash t o g o t p
0: o d. So yeah, like we said, I'm Alex, and this is Bryce. I'm gesturing beside me, even though we're in separate rooms, um, in separate countries, even. Um, but but why don't Bryce? Why don't you you fill the audience in a little bit on on kind of what we're doing here and what the
1: idea is? So the idea of our podcast is for self-improvement we want to improve ourselves uh so alex and i we have chosen to study philosophy uh to improve our lives and see what we can understand about philosophy and what we can uh how we can incorporate uh that into our lives
0: yeah that's exactly right uh we, we have this history in the world as a whole. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about Western philosophy in this show since we live in the Western world. Uh, but we have this history of philosophers, of people looking for truth. And that's where, the, that's where the name of the show comes from. This is kind of the old goal of truth is what philosophers have always been looking for. And, and so we want to kind of... Continue that tradition of, of seeking out truth. And by, by truth, we don't mean facts. Um, we, have, we have the scientific method that really helps us, you know, nail down that kind of truth. The truth that we're talking about is the stuff that helps us fulfill a meaningful life. And so it, it relates to the truth. When, when people, for example, tell you, um, live your truth, that's kind of the truth that we're looking for. Bryce and I, we're going to find different things out of these books. He might find something that I that I disagree with or, or that I don't think will help me live a meaningful life. But for him, it might work, right?
1: Absolutely. As we live uh, different lives, we have different viewpoints on things. For example, like you are studying social studies for school Mm -hmm. and for me i i will be studying psychology so two two different viewpoints for you you are looking at more so the history and for me i'm looking more so at the human mind
0: yeah and so everybody in their own lives has has this need for for something else for something to to fulfill them and so when we're when we're on this show um we're not looking to to find the right answer we're looking to find a right answer that you know it might work for me might not work for you and and we just kind of want to keep digging and so we invite the audience um to to come along with us on this and we'll be having a lot of hopefully great philosophical discussions on reddit um and and kind of building out our own philosophies and maybe changing our own philosophies we might you know down the line say you know actually i lived like this that was great but now i'm gonna now i'm gonna jump ship and move over here and and we don't we don't want that to be a bad thing it's all about change it's all about development if you change your mind on one thing totally cool
1: well alex are we ready to dive right in
0: yeah oh yeah yeah so let's let's jump into this i'm curious um I did not finish the book. Uh, kind of what we want to do is read read the book beforehand and then jump into the deep study. So we're going to be letting you know ahead of time uh, what what book we're planning to, to study next. Right now, we're on The Last Days of Socrates. I didn't finish it yet, um, but Bryce, I understand you've skimmed through it, right? You've kind of worked your way to the end a little bit, right? Yeah. And so my question for you is looking at it from the end, at least in your skimming, uh, that initial read through, what did you get out of it? Was there any primary theme that you learned from it or anything that you thought was particularly interesting?
1: You know, I I thought it was really interesting on how Socrates actually lived his life and how he lived his last days. Um. At the at the end of the book, it, it actually talks about more so his his last days. The the majority of the book, or I guess the about the first half or so, talks more so about how he got there. What he did in his life uh, to end up in his last days. And I, I fi- found it very fascinating kind of the decisions that he made to get there. I yeah, like for so part of it was a young man accused him of changing people's minds, like youth, their minds, because youth are very susceptible. It's It's very easy to change their minds on certain things. Especially if it's an easier path. Um and like we'll get into more detail about kind of what this whole back and forth in between this young man and Socrates was in following episodes, but it was it was very fascinating to see how he lived his life to get to that point. Hmm. And so I'm curious because it's, is it Miletus? Is that the guy,
0: the guy who's like accusing him? He's the prosecutor? Yes. Yeah. So this kind of, it almost plays out like a courtroom drama, right? Like it has that back and forth um, trying to prove different things. Now, um, out of curiosity, um, wh- what do you think of the charges brought against Socrates? Because I'll, I'll read them here quick before you, before you answer Uh, because it outlines them in one of the introductions. It says uh, two charges were brought against Socrates, one that he did not believe in the gods recognized by the state, and the other, which is the one that you're talking about, the other that he had uh, corrupted the Athenian youth by his teachings. Do you you think—okay, maybe define for me what— like. What do you think they meant by corrupting? And uh, and then do you think that he did
1: corrupt the youth? Uh, that one's an interesting question. So, first of all, I, I, I want to point out that in today's society, we have, or for, for a, a lot of people, um, we have freedom of religion. Like, here in Canada... Where you are in the U.S., like we have freedom of religion, there are other places in the world that unfortunately don't. Um, so in this case, it's it's kind of one of those things where you have the the state religion. So it's basically everyone is supposed to believe in this god or these gods. And so I find it interesting, the difference in between today and then. Um, so on on that, it's it's hard to say whether or not, I mean, he really deserved um, to be charged with that. Like, obviously, then they didn't really have a whole freedom of religion thing, so it 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 makes sense but from the viewpoint i have today it's it's kind of unfair um now with the uh second charge it's it's kind of i'm back and forth on it i'm i haven't really picked a stance on it and i hope that after our study like our our deep dive into it um, cause I, I just read super quickly through it. There are, pro- there are definitely some parts that, I mean, I've already forgotten, um, just cause I was trying to get it done. Um, and so, so I'm, I, I haven't actually chosen a stance on that yet.
0: Hmm. And so I think it's interesting, um, uh, one, one thing that you mentioned um, is that is that there's, there's this desire to look at things through our lens of the modern world, uh, like you mentioned freedom of religion and how, you know, that wasn't really as much of a thing back then, uh, at least not, uh, you know, foundationally. In, in their society, or maybe it, maybe it was, but either way, what, what you were saying is that we need to remember the time that we're looking at. And you mentioned I study, I study social studies and the large component, component of that is history and looking at history. And one thing we discuss all the time is the importance of having these conversations in the context of the time, of their time. And, and so not judging Socrates so much and uh, the, the, his prosecutors so much on our own personal view. These people were living by their own founda- foundational principles and and understood the world differently from what we do. So we really have to take that into account. Um, and, and I also don't mean to, you know, make us the judges of Socrates, you know, um, I'm not a fan of the death penalty, so I'll, I'll, I'd probably say that what they did was wrong, but in the context of, of their world, um, because I remember they said, like, kind of the vibe that I got from it was that Socrates was totally okay with his punishment. Did you get that too?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um, you'll definitely at the at the end of the book you definitely see that he was he accepted it and um, at the very end it talks about how he his friends were crying uh, and he was like guys (laughs) don't cry like it's, it's okay and I think it was more so because he was he was almost fighting till the end because um, even even after they had passed the sentence, he was still kind of fighting. He's like, guys, look, right. um, But at the very end, he knew he's like, I knew I know what I did was right. I know that, like, I'm going to die. He he was a much more, he didn't really focus on, on the material aspect of the world.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess in his philosophy, the soul was immortal as well. So I guess that wouldn't have, you know, maybe scared him as much. It wouldn't have concerned him as much that he was going to die. One thing I thought was interesting about this is that, I mean, you mentioned it, how he was fighting and fighting, but then by the end of it, he wasn't as concerned. Um, is that I really I really got the vibe of just acceptance of like, okay, hey, this is this is what happened. and he really has like a respect for the law and for following that that world that he lives in. And I thought that was interesting because, you know at what point at what point do you rebel at what point do you just say well this is the law and we have to go with it right like where where do you draw that line that's a big question that i think i'm going to continue having throughout the book and even throughout our study is is when is it appropriate to say well this is the law you have to just go along with it and when do you say this is unfair and this is unreasonable and then you turn against the law and and um, try and make changes subversively without using the codified process of whatever uh, government you're appealing to. Do you know what I mean? It's that
1: that line I I think definitely can move. Um because sometimes things are so unfair when it seems like you are crossing the line, because of how unfair it is, you're not really crossing the line because everyone else would agree that this should happen, like that change should happen. yeah, and it's
0: I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because a lot of the times we do break the rules, um, but in what way do you break them? In what ways do you do you accept them? Um, and and I think that's going to be a theme of of our discussion, and I hope that that I remember to bring that up again uh, as we as we go throughout our deep dive into into this book. Um, and and I, I appreciate that we're having this this discussion of the kind of the more uh, historical aspects of the book, um, because it is it's telling a historical story, right? We don't know exactly, you know, um, how well it's translated or transmitted or recorded, but from what I understand, this is a pretty um, true to life. depiction of of real events so um if you're up for it then i i want to talk a little bit about um about the struggles of reading this book
1: well i would probably say that one of the big struggles about reading the book is just some of the names in the book (laughs) and some of the the wording how it's how it's worded Because it's not, it's not worded in a like the the English that we speak today. There are sometimes when I'm reading it, I I want to say a, a sentence differently than what it is written. And sometimes when when you when you read the sentence differently than it's written, it changes the meaning to it ever so slightly.
0: Yeah. It's definitely one that we're going to have to be taking slowly. And, and I think that's going to be the case with a lot of the books that we read uh, because they are written in this more elegant, um, poetic, old-fashioned um, kind of language. We are going to have to consider, you know, where it's coming from, right? Uh, and yeah, that, that for me, I think, is the biggest is the biggest challenge is that it's just pretty much a different language.
1: Yeah, yeah. the The language in the book is most definitely the biggest challenge because um, I mean it's not even a it's not even a long book, and some of the the concepts in the book aren't aren't even that hard to grasp. It's just some of the wording is different. Yeah, I think the concepts are pretty
0: basic once you get past the wording. You can kind of understand uh, the concepts that they're talking about. But you can also, I mean, even even when they're talking about Greek mythology, I think they do a pretty good job at uh, kind of explaining what, what happens. I mean, in the Euthyphro, they're talking about, uh, they talk a little bit about the Greek gods and... Um, and, and they explain it, though, right? It's not just a, well, of course, everybody knows about Kronos and about Zeus, right? Like, duh. They they do explain a little bit more, and they do a good job at giving you context for that. So, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the only challenge in this is is the wording of things. Um, because, like you said, it's a short book. Like, it's not long at all. um. It's dense. There's not. There's not any fluff. It's basically, uh, it's dialogue, right? It's conversations, um, which I guess, is is how Plato tended to write things.
1: Yeah, it's this. Uh, it's a. It's an interesting form, of writing. I I personally really like it. Oh yeah, I I quite enjoyed it. It it was it was definitely different than things that I've read before. For me personally, I read nonfiction. Um, I I enjoy just receiving those kind of straight facts. Um, instead of a, I mean, me personally, I know a lot of people get mad at me for saying this, but if there's a movie. I'll spend the two hours watching the movie instead of the 10-20 hours that it takes me to read a book because I'm a slower reader. Um, so it's it's kind of one of those things, right? If if I'm going to have something that's just totally fantasy, I'm going to watch a movie. If, if I want something real, I mean, there's not many movies <laughs> out there, um, so I'll actually read the book for it. And I'm trying to get in the habit of uh, reading a bit more. Uh, so th- this this personally will will help me with that, as well as kind of learning and expanding my knowledge on philosophy as well. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and being a slow reader, that's something that we have in common. Um, I remember I was reading, this is kind of a diversion, but I was reading the Harry Potter series because um, I, I started getting into reading more when I was 21 ish I think I read two books in total before my 21st birthday and I started reading Harry Potter and our stepsister was like oh I'll I'll read along with you I love those books and she starts reading and I remember two months later she says she says yeah so how did you enjoy the series and I'm like I'm still on the first book Like I'm still, I'm still trying to get through it. And it's partly not setting, sitting down and dedicating the time. And also I just read slower. And so I think, I think, you know, if you're listening and you're concerned that, Oh, I won't be able to keep up with the, the reading. Trust me, we're taking it slow. (laughs) Like we are, we're really trying to take it slow so that we can study it, not just read it, but study it. Um, so every book we read will be broken down into sections or chapters, and we're going to take it piece by piece so that, um, you know, not just so that people can join us and, you know, have to find the time to, to do it, but so that we ourselves can, can get through it. Uh, what are you looking forward to about this book? Um, what, okay, so what I'm looking forward to most about this book is kind of understanding a little bit more of um of of these dialogues um and and kind of appreciating a little bit more the philosophy that's in them that's being communicated because i feel like everybody always talks about socrates and about plato um but it's always it's always in uh, a very like transmissive information like you know, uh, my friend told me about so-and-so thinks this about that and they learned from them and they learned from them all the way until it becomes this, um, kind of muddled, but like, I don't really understand what they're saying. I, it's going to that, that primary source and, and appreciating the actual information, um, straight from the horse's mouth, as it were, uh, at least in, you know, after a translation or two. So that's, honestly, that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to about this book. What about you? For
1: me, I would say that I'm looking forward to kind of learning a bit more on where they come from, not like geographically. I like what is going on in their mind because as I mentioned before I am going to be studying psychology and to understand why um, Socrates got to this point I, I, I really want to try and dive into his mind like so So my goal here, I've got kind of two goals with reading this book for sure. Um, hopefully I can keep those goals going on for the other books. But the one is obviously to learn a bit more about philosophy for myself. The other goal is to learn a bit more about psychology through this. Because the one something very important in psychology is to understand where someone is coming from, and and I think, um, I I think studying more in row will be really cool just because of some of the things that Socrates and him uh, discuss.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, using it as a means to kind of pick somebody's brain almost it's kind of cool uh that all this is written down so that we can kind of see uh where where people are coming from um yeah i i look forward to that as well actually um so is is there anything uh from what you've read already is there anything that you've gotten that that you think uh would be conducive in helping you live a a fulfilling
1: life um, one thing that I kind of was thinking about is the consequences of my actions. I I actually just started reading a another book, so <laughs> I'm currently reading two books while we're doing this. Um, my other book that I'm reading is called No Excuses, and it's an interesting book. I'm I just started it, uh, so I'm I'm still right at the beginning. But it talks about kind of the consequences of your decisions. It talks about your,, uh, your long-term goals and kind of weighing the odds. If If you want pleasure now, then your long-term goals aren't going to end up happening. If you want pleasure later, then your long-term goals will end up happening and in the end you'll you'll end up living a more fulfilled life uh because it's kind of it, it's more or less living paycheck to paycheck versus just living a nice life where you're not worried about money and in a time right now a lot of people are worried about money um and so i think i I think this this book will be interesting to dive a little bit more into consequences because uh, I've already learned a little bit about it but obviously it's gonna have more like when I actually dive right in to the book and that's that's kind of what i've I've got out of it So looking at I would say just looking at the consequences of your actions and there' like there's good and bad consequences consequences are. Uh, the word is always used in a negative, negative tone, um, but basically it's just what comes next sort of thing. I like that.
0: Um, yeah, that idea of of weighing the consequences and uh, and trying to figure out which ones you want to want to look for. Something that I'd love to discuss. Uh, maybe maybe later on is the balance that needs to be struck between the long-term and the short-term wants. Um, This is something I think about a lot. If you were to die tomorrow, well, wouldn't you want to, you know, blow all your cash? But at the same time, if you knew, if you knew that you had, you know, 60 to 100 years left to live, you know, that knowledge might change the way that you live, but you don't know like it's a guessing game so i'd love to uh maybe one of these days we'll do a special episode where we just take one question and we just pull it apart and uh and dive deeper in into kind of the the ideas uh that are presented therein absolutely i think that's a great idea one one thing that i that i got out of this so far um I haven't read as much as Bryce. I, I'm barely past uh, the Euthyphro. Um, but one thing I really enjoyed, um, and this is kind of, it's less about the content of the book and more about how I'm reading it. Um, when I was reading the Euthyphro, I, I tried to transport the language, translate it into English, into plain English, and picture it as two guys talking in a bar. And they're just chatting with one another. And one thing that I wrote down, there's one line where Euthyphro says, I do not understand you, Socrates. And I just wrote down beside it, relatable. I'm like, <laughs> I don't get what's going on in here. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to, to kind of dive more into that. Um, so that's not really something that will, you know, help you live a more conducive, um, or help you live a more fulfilling life, but, uh, but it might help as you're reading it to, to take it that way, uh, and to kind of translate it in your more, uh, in your own mind to, to something that you understand. Um, that's how I'm studying it. So don't be intimidated you know, by by the language, um, and stuff in here, just kind of take it step by step, um, and and try and and appreciate it in your own way. But with that, uh, Bryce, do you have any any final thoughts or questions you want to talk about before we wrap up this episode and move the conversation
1: onto Reddit? No, I think that is uh, everything. I've definitely enjoyed the. Uh conversation thus far on on the book and I am I'm really excited for this dive into it and I'm hoping that all of you out there will join us in reading the book Um, I think we actually got the books for like five bucks from Amazon so it's not even an expensive book so
0: yeah it was like 10 bucks super cheap I'll I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody that does it for this edition of The Old Goal of Truth. For next week, join us in studying the Euthyphro in The Last Days of Socrates. Uh, that's the first section of this book that we're reading. I'm sure you can find e-books or audio books um, if, you, if you can't get it shipped to you in time. Uh, in the future, we'll be putting these, this information out you know, beforehand. Uh, but in particular, we'd love if you joined us to discuss on reddit.com slash r slash togotpod, which is spelt T-O-G-O-T-P-O-D. Uh, thanks for starting with us. Thanks so much, everyone. Mecco.